I know we just prayed, but let's pray one more time, okay? It's Pentecost. Startle us, O God, with your truth. Kindle our minds by your spirit, that we may be strengthened beyond who we imagine we are to be your church alive in the world today. Amen. Our reading for today continues the story from last week when Jesus ascended into heaven after instructing his friends to remain in Jerusalem where you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses to the end of the earth. That was last week. Now we have the story of the birth of the church. Reading from the second chapter of the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, beginning with verse one, hear God's word for us today. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem and at the sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language. We heard them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So 
if you were paying attention about a month ago, you may have noticed that Willie Nelson had a series of birthday celebrations. Years ago, my husband and I went to the Armadillo World headquarters to one of those early Willie Nelson birthday parties. And it was a collection of people. They were singing and dancing and laughing together. And there might have been folks who said of that birthday party, they must be drunk. Just as they said of those in this story from scripture about the birthday of the church. Would you have gone to the church's birthday party? The folks we hear about in scripture as gathered together in one place were the very ones who had been hanging out with Jesus all along the way. His disciples and the women and the others who followed and listened as Jesus taught. They watched Jesus restore sight to the blind man. They had seen the leper cleansed. They remembered the paralyzed man who could now walk. Their children were blessed by Jesus. They had picked up the leftovers from the loaves and fish when Jesus fed the crowd on the hillside. They were there when Jesus brought back to life Jairus' daughter and Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus. They had witnessed Jesus' mighty deeds and wondered as the crowd shouted, Hosanna to the King, as he entered Jerusalem on a donkey. They continued to wonder at that last supper when Jesus washed their feet and then reminded them again of his greatest commandment, love one another. They still questioned each other. Whose feet were they to wash? Was it enough to watch, wash one another's feet? Or were they to wash the feet of those who were filthy? The feet of the alcoholic and the druggie? The feet of those who were only after their own self-interest? The feet of those from another political party? The feet of those who distorted Jesus' teachings? The feet of those who tried to shut him up? Even as they wondered, they recognize Jesus' Easter love as complete and eternal and for everyone. They were much like those of us who made our way here today. And the story of Pentecost is about them and about us. Among those present that day was Peter. Peter the fisherman who had proclaimed Jesus to be the Messiah, and then he had tried to walk out in the water to Jesus, but lost his faith and fell in the water. Peter, who cut off the soldier's ear to defend Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and then later that same night in the courtyard, Peter emphatically denied three times even knowing Jesus and quickly joined the others in hiding. When Mary brought word that she had seen the risen Lord, most of the disciples dismissed her idle tale. But Peter ran to the cemetery to see for himself, and he was amazed, even as he made his way back to them. 
After a few days, the risen Christ met them on the lake shore and had breakfast ready for them and three times posed the question to Peter, do you love me? And each time Peter replied, Lord, you know that I love you. And each time Jesus responded, feed my sheep. Peter, the on again, off again disciple, was the same one Jesus called the rock upon which he would build his church. And Peter was there at Pentecost. Now, Jerusalem was in the midst of one of the biggest events of the Jewish year, Shabbat, a gathering in of the harvest and a celebration of the Ten Commandments given to those recognized as the people of God. The streets were filled with folks from all over the known world, folks who were strangers to the disciples, or they may have known some of them, but they didn't usually have much to say to them. Yet on this morning, Peter had a lot to say. God will pour out the Holy Spirit upon all, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young shall see vision, and your old shall dream dreams. Even upon slaves, both men and women, God will pour out the Holy Spirit, and they shall prophesy. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, into this mix of people, the very same spirit that brought Jesus out of the dead into life, that same spirit was now bringing the disciples who gathered in hiding out into the streets and had given them voice. And somehow, everyone understood these women and the disciples, not because they were masters of foreign languages, but because somehow, those who came to be called the church spoke of God's love for everyone and spoke in ways that they all understood. Folks who'd grown up somewhere else, folks who went to schools that their family had never attended, folks who rooted for other teams, those whose children played other sports or other instruments, and many of those in the street were immigrants, strangers to them. It is never easy to connect with those who are different. What is easy is imagining that we know God in ways that they just don't. Yet somehow the Holy Spirit gave Jesus' followers what they needed in order to speak the language of others so that everyone could celebrate the love of God for all of them. This was the precise moment that the church was born. And they were all exuberant. Certainly it sounds like the kind of Willie Nelson party where folks might have had a beer or two. But nope, the spirit at this party did not come from a bottle. While there were those there who felt threatened by this burst of community spirit and wanted to dismiss the disciples as drunks, the spirit at this party came from a powerful force that was bringing them all together in a new way. The story of Pentecost, the birthing of the church, is not about the mystical experience 
of the spiritually elite, but it's an outpouring of God's power that touched everyone, creating not uniformity, but creating a commitment to community. What precisely happened on the day the church was born? I only know what we read today, which pushes our imaginations. I do know that Pentecost was a public event. When Jesus was born, only the shepherds noticed. When Jesus was baptized, only those who happened to be standing on the riverbank witnessed the descent of the dove. When Jesus ascended into heaven, just a few of the disciples saw the cloud and heard the promise of the Holy Spirit. But when Pentecost happened, it was in the streets and everybody became involved. And I know that since Pentecost, the church has pushed imaginations for over 2,000 years through persecutions and ridicule and mistakes and divisions. The church has grown all over the world because God's gift of grace is not just for us. It was always meant to be shared. And that sharing changes everything. Every relationship, every action or inaction is changed by the rush of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost took them out of their place of hiding and pushed them into the streets, engaging people they didn't even know. So here's a Pentecost story. In 1885, the Presbyterian Church in our country sent a few missionaries, honestly just one handful, to South Korea to start churches there. 120 years later, I got to visit South Korea where huge congregations have many services all day long. Um, I hate to tell you, their rooms are way bigger than this, and they have 10 or 12 services a day. They also have a whole ton of pastors. <laughs> there are thousands who worship in those congregations every Sunday morning and every day of the week, starting at 5 a.m., those folks, or some of them anyway, go to church and they pray together every morning. The big churches have three of those services, one at five, one at six, and one at seven. And they pray before their work day begins, before the kids go to school, before they start whatever they're doing. Congregations like these in South Korea have now started churches and hospitals and schools in Asia and Africa and in the United States. It's crazy. Almost as crazy as this congregation paying off the medical debt of folks whom we don't even know. As crazy as our love letter fund that is investing in those in our city who believe that faith and vocation belong together. As crazy as how this congregation opens its doors every single day to people who are not us, but who need a place to learn English or a place to cope with addictions. 
As crazy as welcoming refugees to Austin and setting up a home for them and helping them through all the hassles of citizenship in a new country. As crazy as sending our teenagers out to find and buy food that they themselves have never even eaten, but food that would help a refugee family feel at home here. As crazy as asking our little children to make bags of supplies for those who are being released from prison. As crazy as bringing diapers to church for babies all over town. As crazy as welcoming the homeless into our facilities for showers and clean clothes and a hot meal and vaccinations. If you've engaged in any of these ministries, you know that the primary skill needed for any of them is simply the capacity to care for another. But whether or not you have personally had the privilege of participating, we've all participated through our offerings and our prayers. Do folks wonder if we are filled with new wine as they wondered at Pentecost? Well, if so, that simply puts us in good company. Another Pentecost story. As the COVID pandemic began and community space had to be shut down for two years in an effort to protect those who were vulnerable because we care for each other, we could not gather in one place. We could not worship here in person. We couldn't meet in person, in small groups or classes. We couldn't invite others into our space. We couldn't hold funerals for our dearly departed. During this long period when it looked like the church was closed, the Holy Spirit empowered us to be the church anyway, continuing to share the good news even in isolation. With imagination and quick maneuvering and the skills of videographer Jonathan Kofal and those who he gathered as a team, we found ways to speak to those yearning to hear the word of good news of our risen Savior, even when we could not gather together in one place. During the shutdown of the pandemic, our community has continued to grow and thrive by listening to what folks needed and getting creative to speak to those needs in new ways. The reach of this congregation now extends as far as the internet. That's Pentecost story. The story of Pentecost is an old story and one we are still part of today as we are changed, as we are pushed out of our place altogether here and empowered by the Holy Spirit to share Christ's love by caring for folks who may actually speak our own tongue, but who need us to be attentive to their way of understanding. And so we listen, we really listen to those who do things differently, who read different articles, who get their news differently, neighbors who hang out with folks we don't even know. We listen until we can imagine their life and hear their concerns and feel the aches of their heart until we can speak their language. 
It falls upon us, each one of us, to learn to speak their language so that they can understand that they are loved by the God who came to live among us, feeding and healing and bringing life into places of death for the sake of the whole world. So back to the question with which we started. Would you come to the church's birthday party? I mean, you might be here for the cupcakes, but you did make it here today. And I am absolutely certain that I would be here for the church's birthday. Pentecost is not some weird story of bizarre Christians long ago. Pentecost is a powerful story of Christ's church that continues 2,000 years later to bring life to people of every age and gender and race and culture and circumstance. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. At this birthday of the church, let's step aside beyond our privilege and focus on the language of others, particularly those we consider outsiders. In doing so, we experience the thrill of being part of the rush of the Holy Spirit to bless all of God's creation today. We're part of something so much bigger than our own individual life or desires. And so yes, I will go out in the streets with Jesus' followers to experience whatever the Holy Spirit is doing today. And honestly, in these days, fraught with violence and animosity, I cannot imagine being anywhere else but with the church. You may know that when the early church baptized with water and the Holy Spirit, they made a vow to renounce the powers of evil in the world that defy God's righteousness and love. They didn't say they didn't believe there were powers of evil, but they said they renounced those powers of evil over them. They renounced the ways of sin that separate us from our Lord and Savior, they spit at the devil and turned to Jesus Christ, the light of the world, determined to show his love to others. And we, on those days when evil immobilizes us, when we listen for the faint voice of heaven declaring us as beloved, but the only thing we hear is evil shouting in our face. On those days, we lean on the faith of the church and we allow the Holy Spirit to change our actions and our inactions. For the church remembers Pentecost, what the power of the Holy Spirit has done and is doing to empower us to be Christ's faithful disciples. May you receive what is already yours through the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that you dream God's dreams and you see God's vision. 
welcoming the new thing that God is doing and joining in the Spirit's work with courage and energy and imagination and love. May it be so. Amen.